Hey, GCC family, hope you guys are doing well today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here online, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or some other place. We are thankful for you and grateful for you. And I just wanna say we miss you. Um, we miss seeing you. We, we miss having conversations with you. And uh, we're looking forward to being able to see you again whenever it's possible. <laughs> um, Please know that we are praying for you and that uh, you are on our hearts and minds constantly. And if there's anything at all that we can do for you, please do not hesitate to reach out to the church office. Um, our phone number and emails are available on the church website at gcclw.org. And we do look forward to hearing from you. Before I get started, I should probably note that I am in kind of a, I have kind of a bad background right now. Uh, thank you in advance for your forgiveness and understanding with that. Uh, like I said, didn't know uh, I was going to be preaching uh, this week. And so I spent my Saturday preparing this sermon. And so I'm here at home. It's my bedroom window. Um, so sorry for the distracting background, but thank you in advance for your understanding. As you guys know, it has been a hard week. Uh, Wednesday morning, woke up, thought it was just a normal day and a normal week. And by the end of Wednesday and going into Thursday, we didn't have a pastor at our church anymore, a senior pastor at our church anymore. Um, Tyler uh, contacted the church leadership and let us know his plan to resign from his position as the senior pastor. And uh, it was heartbreaking for us. And I would also like to emphasize that it was completely surprising. Um, it took everyone off guard. Uh, even us who work closest with him on a day-to-day -day basis had no idea that this was on his mind or his heart as a potential thing to do. Um, yeah, so it was surprising. It was hard. Um, our hearts are heavy. I, I know that the, the staff and the leadership and, and many of you have been praying urgently and fervently uh, for our little body of Christ at Grace Covenant. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. Thank you, thank you, and please keep praying. We need more prayers. If we're going to make it to the other side of this, it's going to be because <laughs> we pray and we love each other. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm confident of that. Um, while we're on the subject of Tyler, it's important for me to let you guys know that uh, the reason Tyler left was not for any ethical or moral failure. Um, there were some who, who reached out and thought maybe that was a possibility. I wanted to bring an end to any, uh, any rumors about that kind of thing. There was no secret sins going on that led to this decision. So with that said, um, today is a hard day and it's a, it's a sudden shift for all of us. And we're, I think, I think we're all somewhere probably in the grieving process, whether, um, whether we're angry or confused or sad or just plain not feeling anything. Um, I think like we're all, it, we all have this sense. I, I am assuming that things are just not normal. That's why, uh, we decided for this Sunday morning that we were going to do uh, some extended time of prayer and worship. Now, uh, 
the email, since you guys are online, obviously, unfortunately, you won't be able to participate in person with us, but that doesn't mean you can't participate via online. I've collected a series of worship songs and also several prayer requests, and they are in your inbox. Uh, if you've been receiving the emails regularly from uh, the Grace Covenant MailChimp account, um, you, you will have uh, a, an email in your mailbox with worship songs and you don't have to use them. You can use whatever worship songs you want. But if you if you want to use them, they're available and also some some prayer points for you. And that's what we'll be doing in church on Sunday morning. We'll be just spending a lot of time praying and worshiping the Lord together. And then um, I'll also be sharing this kind of short sermon with them as well. So here's here's the reason behind that. Uh, Throughout the pages of the book of Acts and all across the New Testament, what you see over and over and over again are as the people of God face difficulty, as they face challenges, as they face persecution, as they face things coming against them of, of various kinds, their, their response is not hatred or anything like that. Their response is praise. They, they turn to God and they worship him. Uh, you see this happening, for example, when, when Paul is in prison or, or others are in prison and they begin to just praise and worship Jesus in the midst of prison. Crazy. And for in that same kind of heart, as we go through this difficult time, that's what we wanted to do. Praise and worship our King Jesus. Um, praise him. Uh, knowing that he is with us in the midst of all of this. He has not forgotten us. He has not forsaken us. He will walk through this with us. In the book of James, notably, uh, James says uh, in chapter 1, verse 2, I believe, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy when you encounter trials, because you're going to become more like Jesus as a result. So, as we choose to praise God in the midst of this really hard time, in the midst of this time where we're going to choose to praise him, even though it's really hard and, it, and it's kind of confusing what's happening, as we go through this, I, I have three encouragements for us. And um, they're just three things on my heart that I think are important for us to consider as we move forward. And uh, the first one, and they're really more of like invitations. Uh, so we've got three invitations in the sermon this week, and it's probably only going to take 15 or 20 minutes. So strap in. <laughs> anyway, my first invitation to us is simply this. To make love, loving, our, loving one another something we do commonly. That we would be people who are quick to love. In moments of high stress and in moments of like confusion, like everything going on with Tyler, on top of everything going on with COVID, on top of just like the normal everyday stresses of just being a human being in this world. When, when our lives get that way, sometimes I find that love becomes the last thing we do. Because ultimately we're just trying to survive. It's almost that we can become too tired too angry, too sad to love 
And I'm calling on us to not let this happen. I'm inviting us, I'm asking, please don't let this happen. We cannot allow this to happen. Satan would love to use these recent events going on at our church and in our world to do what he does best. He, he would love to utilize them to come in and steal and kill and destroy. And may I just add on to that, to divide. He would love nothing more than to see this church, Grace Covenant Church, crumble as a result of, of everything going on. He would love nothing more than to have us forgetting how to love one another and make love a priority. He would love nothing more to come in and divide us and divide us and divide us until we crumble. Let us not fall for Satan's ploy. Instead, let us be people who are quick to listen to quote James again, let us be people who are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because we know that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let us follow the scriptural invitation to love one another, even when it's difficult. It will be hard. It will be costly. Anybody who knows anything about love knows that love is difficult and love is costly. But if, you, if we want to make it through this, we're going to need to love one another. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just to define love quickly, um, I've selected that famous love passage. If you, if you listened to my devotion earlier this week, you saw it. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, in my devotion, I mentioned that we often use it at, at wedding ceremonies, but it's actually all about loving one another as the body of Christ. And here's what Paul says, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have to the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Take note in this passage of how difficult it is to love and to love well. Take note of how costly it is to love and to love well. Loving one another requires us, and to quote Paul again in Philippians chapter 2, it requires us to count, one another, count others as more significant than ourselves. To say, hey, you're more important than I am. I'm, I'm asking that we would <laughs> that we would love one another. Without love, Paul says we're clinging symbols. I think kind of a modern translation of that is without love, we could be doing all these great things, but ultimately we're just full of hot air. We're just a bunch of hypocrites. We say all the right things and do all the wrong things. Let's love one another. Let's not let this stress prevent us from doing the the second thing that Jesus told us to do, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself.
The second thing I want to invite us to do is to set our eyes on Jesus. And uh, just so you guys know, <laughs> I'm a little bit timid about uh, preaching this second point, um, but please be patient and wait to the end to make your final judgment about, about what I'm saying here, um, because I think that it's really, really important. But anyway, set our eyes on Jesus. The, the author of Hebrews notably says, set your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. There are many things in the world of COVID and in the world of just being a living person on planet Earth right now that uh, call on our attention. And many of these things are very divisive. As Christians, though, there is one thing that unites all of us, and his name is Jesus, and he is the head of the body who is the church. In one, two, three, four, five words, here's my invitation in point two. We gotta raise our gaze. We gotta stop focusing so much on everything going on right in front of us and set our eyes on Jesus. Start getting a heavenly perspective. I'm asking for the sake of this body and for the sake of our witness to those around us that we lay aside our quarrels and fights. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an opinion. I think everybody's entitled to an opinion. I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying, let us follow the scriptural invitation to not quarrel among ourselves. You can find this in James chapter 4 and also notably in 2 Timothy 2, beginning in verse 22, which says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. I'm going to just read that verse again. Verse 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Whoo! Them, them fighting words. Anyway, Satan will use our squabbles and our fights to divide us. He will use these things to distract us from the things in life that truly matter. And in the things in the kingdom of God and the life of the church that truly matter. Who wins? Let me ask you this question. Who wins if this church closes because of quarrels and fights? I don't think it's me. I don't think it's you. And I absolutely do not think it's Jesus. I think the only one who wins in this case is Satan himself. What a mockery of our king and the gospel and his church if some ridiculously, infinitesimally unimportant thing divide his church. What a mockery that is. Let us let this not be the case with us. We must stand united. And 
It won't be under any banner of this or that side of the argument or this or that political party and not even of this nation or that nation. What will unite us and what we all have in common is the banner of Jesus Christ. Don't hear me wrong. I am so thankful to live in this nation where we have so many freedoms. But when push comes to shove, my allegiance is to King Jesus and his kingdom come and his will be done. That is my ultimate, penultimate. There is nothing above that in my life at all. He is my king, period, end of discussion for me. Also, don't hear me wrong. We've got to have hard conversations. I don't think Paul is not advocating having hard conversations. I think Paul's against foolish arguments. But he gives us a way forward. He's saying, as you engage in difficult conversations, engage with gentleness and respect. Gentleness is important. Respect is important. If we're lambasting each other over just ridiculous what does that communicate about who Jesus is? What does that communicate about the... Tr <laughs> Almost speechless, as you can see. We also need to not allow ourselves to become angry. And if we do get angry, we can't allow that anger to be a way for sin to sneak in. Just as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. In essence, our conflicts, if not managed well, give Satan a foothold. And when Satan has a foothold, he comes in and he does what he does best. He steal, steals, kills, and destroys, and I add, he divides. Please. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking, don't let us be divided over foolish arguments. My final invitation to us this morning is to let us be quick to forgive. We will not make it to the other side of this difficulty if we hold on to past hurts and grudges. We will not make it through if we spend time pointing the finger at others and telling them just how wrong they are. Unforgiveness in this body of Christ will not just lead to personal, un, uh, personal distress and non-healing in your life. And when I say uh, not like it, it, wounds, like emotional wounds and, and so on that, that won't heal. Unforgiveness will lead to that, but it won't just lead to that. It will also lead to this church becoming very close to division and brokenness. The reason that I left forgiveness to the end is because it's something that we have to practice in all three of these encouragements. Forgive. Forgive when you try to love someone and they just don't care to love you back. Forgive when, when others do something that they might consider loving, but you don't consider loving. Ask for forgiveness when you mess up. And the same is true for the second. We must forgive when we allow petty disagreements to divide us. We must forgive when 
we offend others or others offend us with their perspective, we must forgive when, when our healthy disagreements take the unhealthy step into foolish arguments. We must be quick to forgive. If we want to be here five years, ten years, fifty years from now as a body of Christ, we have to forgive. I want our church to come out of this situation that we find ourselves in today not just limping not just barely making it but thriving with that in mind it's up to us each one of us you can't control me and i can't control any of you it's our personal individual choice about whether or not our church is going to make it we get to decide what will get us to the other side will not be any one individual deciding that they're going to be better. That's not what's going to make it. To, that's not what's going to get us to the other side. There is an individual who will get us to the other side. His name is Jesus. But outside of that, it's our personal responsibility to say, I'm going to make unity with my brothers and sisters more important than winning this argument. I'm going to make unity with my brothers and sisters more important than the fact that I got offended. I'm going to make unity with my brother. It's going to be really important. We're going to have to forgive each other a lot. It will be because we don't allow Satan to come in and divide. It will be because each one of us choose unity with one another over everything else petty squabbles and stuff like that we got to choose jesus over unity even <laughs> it'll be hard it won't be comfortable but i think and i hope that you agree with me that you agree with me that it will in fact be worth it a year from now or five years from now, or 50 years from now, I hope that we can look back on this moment in the life of our church and say, what Satan intended for evil, God used for good. That we will look back on this time as a time that made us stronger, healthier, more passionate followers of the one true living Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, do not allow this church to be snuffed out. I pray that you would bring us in unity and also, Lord, that you would help us to accomplish the mission that you have put us on the corner of Mississippi and Kipling to do. Let us not, let us not allow anything to get between us and counting someone else as more important than ourselves. Father, I pray, please lead us and guide us. May we come out of this thing thriving, not just, not just kind of scraping by, not just kind of like eking by, but truly, Lord, thriving, more passionate about you, more obedient to your call, and more missional in our community. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, that this thing that Satan intended for evil, you will indeed use for good. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that this will not be the end of grace, but a, a fresh start. That we will build from here. 
and it will be stronger. Our body will be stronger as a result. Lord, more of you, more of your kingdom come, more of your will be done. All praise and honor and glory belong to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.